five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
be so cold but i never knew just how true those words could be until i grew but i won't be afraid of who i am of what i've made i won't let hate define me i'll keep shining just to wait and see i need you deep i need love me by
J.M. in the A.M., Mordechai ben David. Lo nazuz mikan. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, before that, um, from the Vavienu album, you heard uh, Min HaShemayim. Mordechai Shapiro with Ani Yehudi and Tata, Benny Friedman with Imen Anili Mili and Toda. And, of course, Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Wednesday on this January the 10th, day number 29 in the month of uh, Teves. The year is 5784. Today is uh, Erev Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh Shvat is going to be uh, tonight. It's a one-day Rosh Chodesh, Thursday, one-day Rosh Chodesh. And uh, those of you looking for the local 
inspiring musical Rosh Chodesh Minyan, as we described yesterday with Nader Balor and Dr. Joe Rosazada, that Minyan is moving to Nativot tomorrow. So if you're in Israel, you could join them in Nativot. But uh, my gosh, what an unbelievable effort, as uh, described yesterday, to turn Rosh Chodesh into a very, very inspiring day each and every month. Pretty remarkable. Well, we were warned this was going to be a tough week. We were warned. Uh, I don't know if it has to do with the offensive that's uh, undergoing, that's that's being undertaken right now by the uh, IDF in Gaza. I don't know if it has to do with the uh, plans of hitting the enemy hard and then letting up in the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure exactly what the plan is. After all, I'm not privy, as are any of us. We're not privy to the... Um, plans of the IDF, but uh, we certainly were were warned that this would be a tough week. Um, Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, has met with the Palestinian leader Abbas in the West Bank. That just happened in the last couple of hours. Um... The IDF has struck Hezbollah targets in Lebanon as of a couple of hours ago. This is all according to the the Jerusalem Post, by the way. There's an article in the Jerusalem Post that Israel is operating in foreign countries to prevent hostage smuggling. Wow, I don't know how they do that, but boy, if they're able to keep those hostages where they are, that in and of itself is a, a small victory if they're able to keep track of where our hostages are being held. Um, The United Kingdom has deployed a new ship to the Red Sea to combat the Yehuti attacks, according to the Jerusalem Post, as that situation does not let up. I don't know why the United States is not stronger in that whole environment, but who knows. Um... Mothers of soldiers in Israel protested the United States' interference in the IDF efforts as the Secretary of State arrived in Tel Aviv. That's an interesting uh, demonstration. I don't remember that ever happening before. Mothers of IDF soldiers in Gaza demonstrated as U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken arrived in Tel Aviv for the fourth time since the war began. Demonstrators called on the U.S. not to stop Israel from fighting, not to stop arming Israel and not to tie the hands of the IDF. Wow. So those are some of the headlines, some of the things going on. Uh, Pray for our soldiers. Pray for our hostages. Pray for our brothers and sisters in Israel. Pray for Jews around the world. And um, let us hope and pray, continue to hope and pray for peace. We're going to check in in hour number three this morning with Alex Katz. Alex is the person, I don't want to say he's the person responsible because the credit does go to a couple of other people um, getting me down to Be'eri on uh, three Sundays ago, uh, although he literally got me down there because he uh, he drove me down there. Um, while we were on the way, he described to me some of the efforts that he and his congregation in Jerusalem are involved with um, and we're going to be speaking about some of those. Plus, of course, he's been to Be'eri and so many other areas of the South multiple times over the last uh, couple of months. 
So he'll join us coming up. And if the name sounds familiar to you, any real Jewish music fan knows that Alex Katz at one time was the distinguished leader of Kol Zimra. Now he's living in Jerusalem and uh, spending way too much of his time, and I say that with with love and with uh, quotation marks, (laughs) way too much of his time in the war effort. And I say it like that only because once, uh, as he described it to me, once he... Once he entered the war effort, he just can't pull himself away. So we'll discuss that and more coming up right here at JM in the AM. It's a Wednesday broadcast. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Shlomo Katz is next. It's Erev Rosh Chodesh. You're listening to JM in the AM.
בלילות הראשונים לא ישנתי, דרוך על המשמר. חתמתי על ציוד בעולם מקביל, נפרדתי מכל מה שמוכר. יש כאן אחוות לוחמים בימים מתישים, מבלי לדעת מה יהיה מחר. שבועות כבר הלכו חודשים, ובכל זאת נשארים עד שהאופק יואר. אז עכשיו אני שולח לך ים של כוחות, של חסד ושל אמונה, שעוד יבואו ימים של טעום, שעוד תשוב אלינו הרינה. אז תחבקי חזק את הילדים, רק להגן מהסופות שבחוץ, ובתוך הטירוף מול שמיים שחורים, ולקט לך כוכבות. אז לעכשיו אני אוספת את כל הכוחות של חסד ושל אמונה שעוד יבואו ימים של טוב שעוד תשוב אלינו הרינה ומחבקת חזק את הילדים רק להגן מהסופות שבחוץ ובתוך הטירוף מול שמיים שחורים J.M. in the A.M. Melaketet Kochavim. Brand new from Yonina. I want to thank uh, listener Tikva who brought that song to our attention. And to give Yonina, both uh, halves of Yonina, the credit for uh, giving us some very inspiring songs always, but especially now. During the current war. Zusha before that with Tzio, and you heard Shlomo Katz, Lashana Haba, and Nigun Hasulam here at JM. And Beryl Faden was in there. Did we get to it? I don't know. I, I know I had it queued up. I hope the song got on the air. I'll tell you, I got home so late last night that I'm like uh, still in somewhat of a daze after the incredible Chibuk uh, event that happened last evening. The weather was rough, frankly. It was not easy getting there. It was not easy getting home. Uh, but uh, the event was spectacular. And a big yeshikach to everybody, the host committee, all the founders, including Ralph Zucker and Yoichi Herzog, all the people who came in from Israel. I mean, Rabbi Grossman, Philip Bendheim, um, uh, other speakers from the Holy Land, and nothing, nothing, with even with those inspiring speakers, and believe me, they were. Rabbi Farhi was unbelievable. He was just wonderful. With all the inspiring speakers, there was nothing like the uh, hero IDF soldier who was there. She was shot 12 times. She was shot 12 times and lied among the dead bodies of friends of hers for hours until help came on October 7th. And um, she was there not just to tell her story, which was so... uh, so difficult to listen to, but so awe-inspiring. Uh, but also to thank, to thank those associated with the organizations that were there to help her throughout the last few months. And she walked in. Eden is her name, with her mother Osnat, and she walked in. 
after being shot in the leg and in the hand and in the hip and I believe she said the shoulder as well. 12 bullets, 12 bullets. And um, she didn't know if she was dead or alive the way she was feeling. Anyway, it was it was a tremendous, unfortunately, it was a tremendous highlight of the evening, unfortunately. Sholem Lemmer was there, it's Igdadia, Amendi Hershkowitz, it was just a, a fabulous performance, a musical performance, Michael Schick catered, a, an event really worthy of the, of the effort and uh, of the um, incredible commitments that people have made to strengthen six very, very well-known organizations that are now going to be even busier taking care of victims of terror and their families for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Rabbi Farahi told a story about the Fogel family. Remember that terror attack from 2011? Ay, who, can, um, who can forget that Friday night, the Fogel family in Itamar? So he told a story how Rami Levy himself was there during Shiva, filling up the refrigerator and the pantry with food items and said, I will not abandon this family until the youngest child is 18. There was a two-year-old who survived, remember. That was a 16-year commitment. And that's the type of commitments we have to make right now to families that uh, have been completely broken apart. Orphans without any parents. Orphans with one parent. Soldiers who are wounded. Families that do not have breadwinners. I mean, there's so much work to do. There's just so much work to do. Anyway, Yeshikach to everybody from Chibuk. Uh, it was an honor to be part of it. It was really an honor to be part of it. And I'm, I'm so glad the evening went well, even with the whole weather circumstance. Even the governor of New Jersey couldn't shut down the Chibuk event. Impossible. <laughs> uh, and let's hope the, um, the virtual hug gets stronger and stronger between us and our brothers and sisters in Israel over the next few months and years. It's a game changer, this war. It is a game changer. Um, That's an understatement. And there's a lot of work to be done and a lot of dependence on people outside of Israel to help those who are in Israel. Yeah, that's how I would describe it. Moshav Band is next. It's Wednesday. It's JM in the AM.
JM in the AM with the Moshav Band wrapping up the hour. Wednesday morning broadcast. Thanks for joining us at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Over three months of war, our brothers and sisters in Israel. Pray for the IDF. Pray for our hostages. Pray for our brothers and sisters. Continue to appreciate the soldiers who make it possible for us to live anywhere in this world in comfort and luxury compared to prior generations, all because of our beloved state of Israel and a strong Israel defense force. A lot of people are um, are honestly forgetting that there's a war going on, and a lot of people are very focused on the fact that there's a war going on. We really have two different uh, types of community members. Be among the latter. Be among those who... Uh, are constantly thinking about our brothers and sisters in Israel and what we could do to help. Very, very important to say the least. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for Wednesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM and the AM. Galitzal, Mirushalayim, Asha Ashtayim, Shalom Rav, Baulpan, Ran Yovnei, Ima Shekorei Achshav. שר החוץ של ארצות הברית, אנטוני בלינקן, נועד הבוקר ברמאללה עם יושב ראש הרשות הפלסטינית אבו מאזן. השניים דנו על רפורמות מנהלתיות ברשות, כך על פי הודעת דובר משרד החוץ של ארצות הברית. עוד נכתב בהודעה כי ארצות הברית תומכת בצעדים להקמת מדינה פלסטינית. כתבת חדשות החוץ, איה אילון מזכירה כי מחוץ לפגישה התקיימה הפגנה נגד בלינקן, הדוחה את ביקורו בגלל עמדותיה של ארצות הברית שכביכול תומכות בתוקפנות נגד עזה. סרן במילואים רון אפרימי, קצין הנדסה קרבית ביחידת יהלום שנפל לפני יומיים ברוואה, מובא בשעה זו למנוחות בבית העלמין נווה הדר שבהוד השרון. אמיר, דודו של רון, ספר בשיחה עם יובל שגב בגלי צה"ל. מה שמחזק אותי ברגעים הקשים האלה, שאנחנו צריכים להיות ראויים לרון. לרון היה מאוד ערכי ומאוד נחוש, וגם עם התוצאה הקשה הוא היה עושה אותו דבר. הוא מוכשר. ומנהיג והשפיע ונגע בכולם בצורה בלתי רגילה, אף אחד לא יופתע כמה גיבור הוא היה. מחאת משפחות החטופים בעוד גשה תתקיים ברחבת הכותל המערבי, עצרת תפילה של הציבור החרדי והציונות הדתית, יחד עם משפחות החטופים והרבנים הראשיים לישראל. הערב בשעה שמונה תתקיים עצרת תפילה נוספת להשבת החטופים ולשלום חיילי צה"ל בכיכר החטופים בתל אביב. אלי אלבג, אבא של לירי, החטופה בעזה, ותמונתה בשבי פורסמה בדיילי מייל הבריטי, שוחח עם יעל דן בגלי צה"ל. אני לא יכול לבטא את הרגשות שלי, אבל אני מנסה לחשוב מה הילדה שלי חושבת יום-יום, דקה-דקה, שבי, ללא אוכל, ללא שום דבר אנושי. כל הסיפורים שאנחנו שומעים על אנשים שחוזרים, מה שעבר עליהם, אי אפשר לשתוק. נגיד בנק ישראל, הפרופסור אמיר ירון שלח מכתב תקיף לראש הממשלה בנושא התקציב המתגבש. מדווח כתבנו לענייני כלכלה ישראל פישר. הנגיד אמיר ירון מתייחס לגידול המסתמן בתקציב הביטחון ואומר כי יש להקים ועדה שתבחן את צורכי המערכת. הוא כתב לראש הממשלה נתניהו כי אין ארוחות חינם וטען שיש להעלות את המע"מ ולבטל הטבות מס להורים לילדים עד גיל שלוש. ירון מזהיר כי ללא ההתאמות התקציביות הנדרשות תיפגע הצמיחה במשק ולכן גם תיפגע התדמית של האיתנות הכלכלית של ישראל מול העולם. כתבתנו עינב קרנר מוסיפה ששר החקלאות דיכטר תקף גם הוא את התקציב המתגבש ואמר תקציב החקלאות שהאוצר מתכנן להביא לממשלה הוא בעצם הודעה על חיסולו של משרד החקלאות בישראל. הפנטזיה הזו של האוצר לא תתממש. נירתם למען תקציב הביטחון אך לא נפקיר את החקלאות וביטחון המזון של מדינת ישראל. כך דיכטר. 
יושב ראש הכנסת אמיר אוחנה הודיע כי הכנסת תקצץ כ-120 מיליוני שקלים מהוצאותיה לטובת המלחמה על מנת לתת דוגמה אישית. זאת לקראת הדיונים על התקציב לשנה הקרובה שיחלו מחר בממשלה. זאת בנוסף ל-80 מיליוני שקלים שכבר קיצצה הכנסת בחודשים קודמים. כתב התחום הפוליטי שחר גליק מוסר כי בסך הכל מדובר בוויתור על למעלה מ-200 מיליוני שקלים, סדר גודל של תקציב שנתי עבור חמישה משרדי ממשלה קטנים. מזג האוויר, רוחות ערות מנשבות, גם ירידה בטמפרטורות. בשעות הקרובות יחל גשם בצפון וייתכנו גם סופות רעמים. בחרמון ירד שלג ומהערב הגשמים יתחזקו ויתפשטו עד לצפון הנגב. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
JM in the AM. Ellie Marcus, Rofe Neman, Verachaman Otto, here at JM in the AM. Ellie Marcus. Um, with that in mind, by the way, Rofe Neman, please continue to daven for Aaron Svi Mayer, Ben Manya Rifka, who's in the hospital. Aaron Svi Mayer, Ben Manya Rifka. And of course, we keep in mind those who have been injured, wounded in Israel, civilians and soldiers in terror attacks and in military operations. Keep all of the injured in mind. Uh, Idan Amedi has been injured, as many of you heard. Listener Tikva reminded us about that. He's a beloved actor and singer in Israel. He's expected to be okay, but he has undergone pretty serious surgery to remove shrapnel from parts of his body. Before Ellie Marcus, you heard the Weinrib brothers here at JMAM. Hour number two on this Wednesday morning edition. We'll check in with Israel a little later on within the hour. Alex Katz is going to be joining us. We'll discuss a whole bunch of things with him and plenty more if you keep it here on a Wednesday morning at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM with Nachas. It's called Saushi Arim here at JM in the AM. Here on a Wednesday morning broadcast. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Always a pleasure to speak with you on a daily basis. A big yeshikach to those who came out to the Chibuk event last night. It was rough weather last night, and a lot of people came despite that. There's some who stayed away, but a lot of people were there. And any effort that's being made now, to continue to bridge the gap between us and Israel, Kolakavod, and those out there who are leading charity efforts, charitable efforts to um, help our brothers and sisters in Israel, thank you. And the emergency campaigns have been wonderful, but this campaign, Chibuk, which is going on right now, you can get uh, information at Chibuk, C-H-I-B-U-K.org is really about the long-term, providing for families that are going to need for the next 5, 10, 15 years. A lot of families like that in Israel, our brothers and sisters. So keep all that in mind as we continue to bridge the gap between us and our friends in Israel. And I welcome our friends in Israel who are tuned in. We are learning every single day of more and more and more people in the Anglo community of Israel that are tuned into JM and the AM, and all I could say is thank you. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Arav Zebin of and Zechonishmas Esther Basar of Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in the Torah, I am seeking my brothers. Yaakov Avinu sent Yosef to check on the welfare of his brothers. They were pasturing in Shechem. The Pasuk tells us that when he was blundering in the field, he encountered a stranger. The stranger asked what he was looking for. Yosef replied, I am seeking my brothers. It is possible to say, according to the Tanadave Leo, that this is what Hashem says to Klal Yisrael, my beloved child, this is what I ask of you, that you should love each other that you should be mechabed each other, honor each other, be in awe of each other. I ask that Klal Yisrael have avas achim, like brothers, to live and to love in peace. That's what it means, Esachai Anochim Hashem Himself is alluded to in the word Anochi, like it says in the Aseras Adibros, Anochi Hashem Elokecha, I am Hashem. Reb Chaim Schlanger says, this is what Hashem requires of us, to be an Amechad, to be a united nation with great love, caring, and sensitivity for each other. There is an emotionally touching scene that has captured the hearts and minds of people throughout the entire world. The scene is the younger sister of Uri Danino, who was kidnapped in Gaza on October 7th was visited by Roy, a survivor of the massacre. When she saw him, she asked with the innocent sincerity of a young child, Did you see my brother? Her sincerity and heartfelt plea struck a sensitive chord in all the onlookers who broke down in tears. It is an anguish that we are all experiencing 
And we need to do all that's within our ability and beyond, so that Bisyata Dishmaya, we will see each one of the hostages returned home, safe and sound. Every one of us has to ask, Esachai, Anochim Evakesh, I am seeking my brothers and sisters. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
JM and the AM with Shalshelis. Tovla Hodos. Shalshelis Jr. Tovla Hodos here at JM and the AM. Uh, David Gabe had uh, Vinizke. Uh, yeah. Vinizke. Uh, I'm Amiran Dvir with Ani Yehudi, and you're listening to JM and the AM. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel in our New Jersey studio today. Erev Roshchodesh. Rosh Chodesh Shvat will be tomorrow. It'll begin tonight, of course. The Rosh Chodesh uh, inspirational musical service that has become more and more well-known in this area and moved to Washington a couple of months ago is going to be in Nitivot tomorrow morning. We learned that, yes, well, we learned it before yesterday, but we spoke about it yesterday here on the air. Pretty amazing. Kalek with Israeli soldiers, spiritual leaders, and people coming from all parts of Israel and the world to be part of it, which is just amazing. 10th day of January, day number 29 in the month of um, of uh, Teves. Again, Rosh Chodesh Shvat begins tonight. Tu Bishvat, two weeks from tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> that calendar is moving. <laughs> boy, oh boy, is that calendar moving. Uh, so two bishvat two weeks from tomorrow. What's that going to be like? I don't know. We'll figure it out, and uh, we'll present, no doubt, a very effective, educational, and uh, fun. I hope, if we could have some fun during these days, two bishvat special. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A and H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net. Try A and H today. You'll be glad you did. And as we always point out, that is an understatement. Well, there's a report that the Jerusalem Post printed today. Only five Hamas leaders knew the full scope of the October 7th invasion plan, and they only made the final decision to attack on that Saturday. Wow. Uh, The report, which said it was based on Palestinian sources closely associated with the leadership of the Al-Qasim Brigade, stated that the decision and timing of the attack were reportedly made by five individuals. Sinwar, the Hamas leader in Gaza, Mohammed Deef of Al Qasim Brigades, Mohammed Sinwar, uh, meaning the main Sinwar's brother, Roy Mishtaha, a Hamas leader close to Sinwar, and Ayman Nofal, a close associate of uh, Deef and former head of the Al Qasim or Al Qasim Brigades intelligence, assassinated by Israel on October the seventeenth. The list did not include Hamas leader Hania or the Hamas deputy leader recently allegedly assassinated by Israel, or Marwan Issa, considered a key part of Hamas's internal triumvirate within the Ga- within Gaza, currently running its war and hostage effort. The surprise attack launched by Hamas resulted in the brutal murder of over 1,200 Israelis, mostly civilians, the abduction of around 240, while Hamas initially took over 22 Israeli villages in the IDF's forward southern command base at Rayim. That is the base in Rayim that Eden, the soldier who was with us last night at the Chibuk event, spoke about as she survived lying among dead bodies of her friends and colleagues, having been shot 12 times and miraculously survived, which is unbelievable. 
According to the report, it began the flood operation, as they called it. The Al-Aqsa flood operation began with 70 fighters launching a surprise attack along the entire Gaza Strip border from north to south. These 70 crossed the Israeli border by strategically exploding prepared explosives to breach the thick walls of the Gaza-Israel barrier. And they used the motorized hang gliders and parachutes to position fighters behind, above, and around Israeli sites. According to the report, those involved in the operation were selected from Hamas's elite units across various areas in Gaza, having undergone extensive training over the years without knowing exactly what they were training for. In fact, the report claims the plan to invade Israel is not new, but dated back to before the 2014 Gaza conflict and was revisited and updated after the 2021 Gaza conflict. Wow. They spend years focusing on how to kill Jewish people. It's amazing. That is their top priority. After receiving training, uh, elite members pledged secrecy about their special training and refrained from discussing plans, while at the same time they still did not even know the timing or full scope of the plans. Their training was especially focused on infiltrating Jewish villages in the south. Further, the report said that even many senior Hamas field commanders were unaware of attack details or plans, although some had limited information to the extent that information was relevant to their specific tasks. Wow. All this extreme secrecy was targeted at preventing leaks to Israeli intelligence. Although the IDF did discover aspects of the plan, it did not discover the seriousness and discounted them as a Hamas pipe dream and not something which actually needed to be countered. Wow. If the report's correct, part of why Israeli intelligence likely discounted the scenario is because it had existed since 2014 and had never been carried out. Unbelievable. The whole thing is unbelievable. Anyway, it's a Jerusalem Post report about the um, the secrecy and the planning of the October 7th attack. You can check it out at J-Post website. And um, there you'll see the details on how Hamas kept the October 7th attack secret, according to this report. Well, it's amazing that some of the well-known leaders of Hamas had no idea had no idea what the plan was. Pretty amazing. JM and the AM. Plenty more coming up. Here's Mordechai Shapiro.
Me 
J.M. in the A.M. with Karish and Veroba. It's Mivan Siach, Lo Alecha, done by Mordechai Shapiro before that one. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. And I thank you all for tuning in. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, NachumSegal Network app for Android and iPhone. And comment away. Full schedule, of course, today, including a live lunch happening at 11 a.m. Eastern time right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Make sure to be tuned in for that and more. I mentioned to uh, this audience, I mentioned to you earlier this morning that Alex Katz is going to be joining us. The name is likely familiar to any Jewish music fan out there because of his involvement with Cole Zimra and so many other projects over the years. 
and he and I had an opportunity to reunite in Israel, as I've told you. A lot of people responsible for uh, me being able to go down south a few Sundays ago while in Israel uh, to visit Be'eri and Sterot and the area. Um, Alex, however, was the person who actually brought me down there. <laughs> it, was, it was in his car, his ride, and his time um, that I was able to get down there and, uh, and see the destruction. As I said in the interview that the Benjamin Siegel conducted on Monday, uh, I wasn't there early enough to see the death and destruction, but certainly we were there uh, to see the destruction that the enemy caused uh, that day and to see in 3D fashion how beautiful a community Be'eri was and is, uh, how gorgeous it is, and at the same time the destruction that um, befell our brothers and sisters on that day. In addition to all of that, Alex is involved in other initiatives as well. I think he's one of those people, and we can ask him this question, I think he's one of those people who was going about his business and conducting his life pretty normally, and then the war started. He got sucked in, thank God, to the war effort. And from what we hear, it's very hard for him to abandon the war effort. Alex Katz is founder of Kilat Eretz Chemda in Jerusalem, and he's with us live via telephone. Alex, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you for having me on. It kind of feels uh, bizarre to be in this... Uh uh, situation to be talking with you and not be speaking about music per se. You have no idea. <laughs> You're so right. You have no idea. By the way, is that description accurate? You're one of those people who was going about his business, so to speak, and Ole with a family living in Israel, and then you got uh, catapulted into the war effort and you simply have trouble leaving it. Would that be a a, a good way of describing it? I think it's a very good way of describing it. Look, on, on October 7th, we went about our business. We went to shul. We started Hakafos. There were rockets going on outside. Frankly, the building in which we daven is so old that we didn't even hear the booms outside. People had these looks on their faces, and they came in. I was actually chazan for Hallel. I didn't hear a thing. We were singing. We were dancing until people pulled me aside. I got my telephone. Then I got my cell phone. I realized the magnitude of what was going on. I myself had to leave shul to get on a motorcycle to go around to start helping. And, and from there, I think we've developed the, one of the world's most efficiently formed startups that we really want to shut down, but we just, Hashem hasn't given us that ability yet, but we really hope that very soon our services won't be needed. But I'm um, part of a, a team of some wonderful civilians who are really the front lines behind the front lines, and we're doing everything we can to help our heroes. And your, your synagogue is part of that effort, if not uh, the backbone of that effort, because the... Uh the Eretz Chemda congregation, I guess we'd call it, which is becoming more and more well-known in the Katamon area of Jerusalem, really, uh, uh, along with you, uh, really got involved and started doing whatever possible. And, and you encouraged them. You encouraged them to uh, take on more and more projects and to get as involved as they possibly could. So it's you, it's a community, it's really a whole neighborhood that's stepping up at this point. It is. I mean, on October 7th, uh, Mote, October 7th, our, our rub of our own Kehillah went up north and he's stationed 100 meters from Lebanon. Uh, we have members of our Kehillah that spent two and a half, three weeks just collecting bodies in the south. And, you know, their needs were met by us. And then it gradually expanded from there and word got out and uh, word got around about all the different things that uh, we're doing. We, we were tapped by the army to deal with all the Tashmishe Kedusha for, uh, for Tzahal 
which was a massive undertaking. I think to date we've tied over 50, 60,000 pair of tits and we've been asked to do another 50,000 for those that are still in the field. So uh, we wake up every day. We really don't know what the day is going to bring and Hashem guides us. All right, let's do this step by step. I'll tell you a, another reason. I know you have an event coming up. We'll talk about it. And, and one of the reasons I wanted to focus on it, frankly, is because there are going to be uh, people visiting from the United States to Israel, as you know, during the second half of January. It's a very popular, in fact, it's it's extended um, from the time that you were in the U.S. Um, now yeshiva break is even longer and overlaps with a whole different um, system than the old days. So a lot of people, please God, please God, are going to be visiting Israel, and I'm sure many of them want to be involved in some of these volunteer efforts. So tell us about where and how the tzitzis tying happens. Okay, sure. So we basically have, we have four main avenues that our Kehillah has been involved. The first one is supplying gear to our soldiers. That's currently being done out of the Museum of Tolerance in the center of Yerushalayim. Uh, they've been gracious enough to let us take um, a space within the museum from which we operate the equivalent of an Amazon Prime-style warehouse where donations come in, they go out all day long. So every day from roughly 9 to 3, there are opportunities for volunteers to sign up. There is a link, which uh, I'll make sure that I make publicly available to you, and which is available on our website for the Kehillah, uh, keh.org.il. Uh, where people can sign up for volunteering slots there individually, aside from group volunteering, separately every day. Uh, now moving on to the Tashmishe Kedusha side of it, we have Tzitzit tying every day at Bruria Steim, Bruria number two in Jerusalem. It is the Eretz Chemda Institute building. Um, upstairs on the second floor every day from roughly 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. And you can get on a chat for that and find out different things about that as well. But we have Tzitzit tying with roughly 50 to 75 volunteers throughout the afternoon and evening every day. Um, so that is another area in which people can get involved. The third, which I think you and I are going to get to speak about briefly, is we provide chizat uh, both to Miluim families as well as evacuee families as well as uh, communal leaders and members who have uh, put themselves uh, themselves been put out by all of the volunteer efforts and the money that's been invested, and we provide chizuk events for them, the second of which, after a first very well-received one with a um, very, very well-known Rabban and Baruch Hashem, is going to be on the 25th of January on Thursday night at 6 p.m. at the Jerusalem Theater. Uh, we have about 750 seats uh, there uh, within the first day. 20% of those uh, are sold already, but we look forward to greeting people. We'll also have it streamcast uh, live. Um, last time we had about 5,000 people around the world that tuned in to watch. And so we'll make that available to you as well, uh, to share for those who don't make it there as well. It sounds like if somebody would associate themselves with you and your synagogue, they and their family could fill their whole schedule with volunteer efforts. If they're in Israel for a week, would that be, would that be too bold a statement or you think that's accurate? Um, I don't think it's too bold a statement. I think that um, I would encourage people to certainly uh, expand their horizon and look everywhere because there are many wonderful opportunities. And like I said before, we are a bunch of lay leaders, volunteers, who are doing our best to juggle our own lives at the same time as trying to make an impact and move the needle for Kral Yisrael. So I would say that whereas earlier on in the war, for the first two, three, four weeks of the war, 
uh, people were just hopping on the bandwagon and joining our army force of volunteers for a thousand volunteers. I think at this point, Baruch Hashem, the army is finally beginning to catch up on some of its needs. The Rabbanut Sahal is also finally beginning to catch up on some of its needs. So there are definitely opportunities. And as you and I experienced together, we went down south. There are definitely opportunities to go south, but even those people in Beirut, they really, really want to get back to their lives as well. So the opportunities to go visit places are wide open uh, to everyone. Some places are harder to get into than others. Some people want to get back to their lives, but there is a monument with cars. There is the site of the Beirut Festival. There are, there are so many different things. Um, I'm sorry, the Rayim Festival. There are so many different things that, uh, that, that people can go and see when they come and visit that don't even require, so to speak, latching on or, or, or specifically joining a particular Kehila organization. You really, there are so many resources online. We have ourselves uh, many things that people can do, but there are also many others who do great things as well. And so I'd encourage people who are coming to explore all those things that are all readily available online and to uh, really fill this trip with chesed. This should not be a as much of a tourism trip, as much of a, a, a how-to-help trip. And it's interesting, I mean, as you pointed out to us, uh, that down in, when we were down south, uh, as you said, people are going to, whether the community is going to come immediately back or not, obviously there's a plan for each community of how they're going to handle it. Uh, but 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 they do need their space in order to try to set things up, in order to try to figure out a plan to rebuild. And sometimes the last thing they need are people like us visiting. However, as you just said, uh, between the sites, unfortunately, of that day and the uh, residual uh, memorials, monuments, you mentioned the automobiles. I mean, that's uh, that's quite a striking site, frankly. There's plenty to see. And in addition to that, in places like Stay Road and other cities, there are going to be people and families coming back. There are going to be needs. There's going to be volunteer efforts that are necessary in places like that. So you're making a very good point. It's not just about going down and disrupting life for people and seeing what's going on. There really is a lot of work that needs to be done. And if people inquire, um, they'll be able to find out where those uh, chesed efforts are and participate. Um, now, what is anything different? I, I know you're basically shuttling unless it's different from, you know, after I left Israel, I know you're basically shuttling to areas down South, anything different from, uh, you know, three weeks ago when I was there, do you see progress? Do you see a different attitude? Uh, do you see rules and regulations that would, uh, dictate that things are changing down there? Yes, definitely. A couple of things. Number one is I, I was on the phone this morning with the heads of uh, Kibbutz Bayri, where we were. I was on the phone with uh, the leaders there in the fundraising effort for the rebuilding. And it's so sad because on one hand, all I want to do is help them and, and figure out the fourth, you know, we talked about the three things, the, the, the gear, the, the Tashmishe Kedusha, the Chizuk, and the fourth one is Hasbara and, and really trying to help these kibbutzim and figure out a kibbutz is a collective. Like they are not business people. They don't know how to go about trying to fundraise millions of dollars that are needed to rebuild. And so I've offered them my assistance to the best extent that I can. And I've been on the phone with them and it's just low lane. Like we should, none of us should ever have to know from this trying to juggle, like wanting to get back to your life, but basically needing it to be not a tourist attraction, but for people to come and visit to make awareness, for people to want to help support it financially right. and then stuck between all stuck between all of this 
it's not clear yet what the government's going to cover, what the insurance companies are going to cover, what the kibbutz's financial position will be going forward. I mean, I took you into houses, Nachum, where you saw melted televisions. Okay, fine. So let's say the insurance company is going to rebuild the, the, the exterior structure. Let's say the government's going to say, we'll get you appliances or whatever the case is. Who, who's who's paying for that melted television? Like, I, I'm, I, I myself don't know. Like, I don't know what the needs are going to be, but I know they're going to be bad. And I know that the civilian effort is going to be required. And that's just one example. I mean, uh, the destruction that was imparted on our brothers and sisters' property, forget for a moment if it's possible, on the lives that were lost, but as you just described, the property and the things that, you know, do not get into the consideration when the government or others are ready to finance a rebuilding. There's just so much. The needs, honestly, are endless, and um, they've got to start somewhere, and if people like you are volunteering to help them, then they're certainly better off. As you described, they are, uh, <laughs> they're in a group of people that normally is not used to um, approaching um, uh, people and organizations with fundraising efforts. Um, it, we, we, we were told it was going to be a tough week. Um, I don't know if it was the offensive in Gaza. I don't know if it's a strategy where Israel's trying to, uh, you know, leave a strong message down there because things from the Israeli end are going to calm down. But we were told earlier in the week it's going to be very tough. Alex, this has been a very difficult week. I mean, there been we know that there have been terrible losses, fallen soldiers all through the war, obviously. Uh, but some weeks are more difficult than others. Can you describe the mood, especially in the religious Zionist community this week in Israel? It's really, I'll tell you, the, this war has touched everyone, whether you live abroad, whether you live here, whether you're a listener who's sitting in Teaneck and knows that somebody that grew up there that you know very well lost their son-in-law. Like, ha, like it's, so, it's so hard to get your arms around the, how close this hits home for every one of us, everyone who's listening, everyone who's living in Eretz Yisrael, whether or not I live in Yerushalayim and there's sirens going off or not. Frankly, if you walk around the streets of Yerushalayim, I'm not even sure that you would realize that there's a war that's taking place. Right. But when you talk to the people who are down in the south or in the north that have been away from their families for extended period of time and they're, they've lost their commanders, their friends, their loved ones, I think it, it becomes very, very real, and the level and the numbers of the losses this week were certainly uh, extremely devastating and really hit home for a lot of uh, English speakers, Anglos in, in, in this country. And unfortunately, these are life-changing episodes, of course, for families that we care about, and we, I'd like to think we care about all the families in Israel. But you know what I mean when there's a familiarity, as you just described, it uh, really, really hits home. And this is the reality of war, everybody. This is what our brothers and sisters have gone through for centuries, but especially since the establishment of the state of Israel. Uh, uh, very painful. All right. Um, I, I'm going to give out that web address uh, that you recommended, because if people want information about uh, volunteer efforts, they could start with uh, the Kehilat Eretz Chemda. So it's keh.org.il, keh.org. Now, I'm sure you realize that there are going to be a lot of people from this area, New York, New Jersey, in Israel on January the 25th. That's the date. That's actually Tu B'Shvat. It's the night after Tu B'Shvat. Thursday is Tu B'Shvat. This is Thursday night, the 25th. It's at the Jerusalem Theater. Now, it's a night of Chizuk and Achdut. Are you in with a lot of great music, a lot of amazing speakers? I can go through the whole list, and I'm sure at some point I will. 
Are you encouraging tourists to come to this event? Is this really just for residents of Jerusalem and Israel? How would you describe the Chizuk and Achdut event that your synagogue is um, is presenting on the 25th of January? You know, it's interesting. We're, I'm not in the event production business, nor am I. Uh, you know, th- this is something that we did on a whim in the third week of the war. I hosted, I had the privilege of hosting Rabbi Gibber, Rabbi Goldberg, Rabbi Brody, and we went for a few days and we said, you know, they said, what is, how are we able to come and give chizuk? You know, who wants our chizuk? We're coming from America. And I said, I disagree. I think people here, we've all been killing ourselves trying to support and volunteer and spend, you know, hour after hour. And now it really is, it's a collective, you know, call Yisrael effort, both there and here. Everybody needs a pick me up. And so when Rabbi Goldberg called me and said, you know, I'm coming back for Yeshiva break. I was like, we got to do this again. And he's like, I agree a hundred percent. And as you can see by the people who are going, going to join us, like I'll just give you one example on the musical side. So Akiva is going to join us. Akiva Torjaman, who has toured in America with uh, Yishai Rebo and others. And he's actually been in Miluin himself since the start of the war. Wow. In the second or third week of the war, we supplied his unit with thousands of dollars worth of critical gear and drove it up to, you know, all the way, all the way, all the way, all the way, right by Lebanon and took it to him. And, and, and he's looking for a way to, to be Makir Tovin, and we can't wait to welcome him, hopefully. We'll see if he's going to be in uniform or not, if they let him <laughs> out. Um, but he's planning he's planning to come and, and join us. And it's uh, it, it, having him, having Rav Shlomo Katz, having so many others, Judah Michel, who was just with you the other night, which I hope that was a tremendous success. Oh, yeah, bro. Um, and, 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 and Rabbi Rosner, whose own sons have been fighting in Gaza, and, and, and it's, everyone's going to have something to bring to this. Um, and, and I hope that we're, I hope that the goal is that everyone's going to walk out and say, this is exactly what I didn't realize I needed. All right. So it sounds like it's for both for people living in Israel and people visiting Israel, frankly. Absolutely. Uh, the Absolutely. night, the night of Chizuk and Achdut is the 25th of January at the Jerusalem theater on Rehov Markus in Jerusalem. Information keh.org.il slash event, keh.org.il slash event. Information about everything we've discussed, including uh, Alex's recommendations of what families and uh, others can do uh, in terms of volunteer efforts in Israel, just uh, write to them, info at keh.org.il, info at keh.org.il. And if you're in a position to support uh, the Kehilat Eretz Chemda event for the 25th of January. The proceeds uh, for that night will benefit the KEH ongoing civilian war efforts as described earlier in this conversation by our friend Alex Katz. There's a lot going on, folks, in Israel. There's a lot going on that we need to be focused on. Here's a good way to start. If you haven't planned your trip for January yet, take, take your spouse and kids and go to Israel. Believe me, everybody there needs it. The chizuk, the tourism money, and everything else. And once you're there, plan on uh, volunteering. And once you're there as well, plan on being there on the 25th of January and leave a a big check so they can continue to do the holy work that they're doing um, from the Kehilat Eretz Chemda headquarters in Jerusalem. Uh, Alex, what's on tap for today? Have you been anywhere yet today? Have you uh, made any plans for today? Anything we should know about in terms of the war effort? Oh goodness! I've uh, today I, I wear many, many, many volunteer hats. Today uh, I was wearing a lot of my United Atella volunteer hat. Yeah. You can even hear some sirens in the background. I've yeah. been going and 
and uh, treating people. Frankly, two of the calls that I treated today, you know, you talked about the impact on cholesterol from this war effort, uh, was a six-year-old child and a 65-year-old woman, both with different medical issues that both pertained to the stress coming from the war. And, and that was something that I, that I took particular note of today. Unbelievable. All right, listen, dash ham, as they say, to all of our brothers and sisters who you see uh, everywhere, north, central, and south Israel. Uh, best of luck with the event. We'll remind our listeners, I hope a lot of them will be there, frankly. Uh, and I certainly hope a lot of them will be visiting Israel during the second half of January. And kolakavod to you and everybody at Congregation Kehilat Eretz Chemda in Jerusalem. Uh, you're one of the many, I'm proud to say, many organizations, synagogues, groups, efforts that uh, jumped into action uh, right after the uh, uh, the attack on the Chag. And uh, your efforts, I'm sure, are appreciated by so many. Kolakavod to you and everybody, and I hope to see you again soon. Thank you. Alex Katz from Israel. KEH.org.il. Get involved, everybody. Get involved. Two weeks from tomorrow night is the event in uh, the Jerusalem Theater. Try to be there as well. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.
Thank you. Be 
in the AM. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday morning broadcast. That's uh, Micha Gammerman and Elo Kai. Kolber Ahmad done by Simcha Liner live in concert. Benny Friedman with Bichayechon here at JM and the AM. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Someone wants the title of the article about the 2014 planned Gaza massacre in the J-Post. Uh, if you go to the Jerusalem Post website, uh, there are the live updates right there in the center of the page. And right under it, it says how Hamas kept October 7th attack secret. That's the title of the article. How Hamas, H-A-M-A-S, kept October 7th attack secret. A Jerusalem Post article. Fascinating, frankly. I read some of it before on the air here at JM and the AM. Got a note from uh, the amazing... Rabbi Joe Blumenthal, apparently today's game, tonight, Yeshiva University, Yeshiva College's uh, men's basketball team, the Maccabees, are in Israel. A trip we should really talk about here on the air. We're not going to do it right now, but we should talk about it on the air at some point. Um, let me make a note for myself. Otherwise, there's no way I'll remember. Um, so they're in Israel, Yeshiva University, Maccabees, the men's basketball team, they're in Israel right now. And Rabbi Joe Blumenthal says that tonight's game, which is at 7 p.m. in Israel, I don't know who they're playing, but there's a game in Israel tonight, uh, will be shown live on Max Live starting at noon Eastern time today. Noon Eastern time today, maxlive.com, M-A-C-S-L-I-V-E.com. Uh, so that's pretty cool. You get to see the uh, Yeshiva University men's basketball team in Israel. Um, I've seen some of the videos from their trip. Boy, looks like an amazing trip, frankly. Again, we hope to discuss it at some point, uh, at some point in the next couple of weeks here at JM and the AM. Just so much to get to, to say the least, but we're trying our best, that I could tell you. Erevers Chodesh, JM and the AM with Sandy Shmueli.
promised land Bound together with a dream in our heart It was so clear Who we were and who we were meant to be One forever, never tearing apart All united, never be divided We made a night and tied it Right from the start They got a new year had made a made When we were there, our nation knew the true connection, all of us, the children of ourselves. Just need to feel it again We're deciding No more petty fighting A nation reuniting Up till the end Make up the new
J.M. in the A.M. Uri Davidi with Yachad. Hi, bring us home. We know which group of people that we care about are saying that. Derech Achim with Odi Shamami Sha'asa with Sandy Shmueli. Erev Rosh Chodesh. J.M. in the A.M. Rosh Chodesh Shvat begins tonight. It'll be a one-day Rosh Chodesh tomorrow, Thursday. Two Bishvat, two weeks from tomorrow. Uh, big yeshikach to those at the Chibuk event last night. It was quite an event. I must say the uh, the program included some amazing highlights. Um, and to those who are supporting Chibuk and uh, the organizations that are partnering with them, all I could say is thank you. There are a lot of long-term needs that are going to be uh, necessary for our brothers and sisters in Israel. And the Chibuk is addressing that issue constantly. C-H-I-B-U-K dot org. C-H-I-B-U-K dot org. Be as generous as you can. Avramel, Avram Fried is next at JM in the AM. I'm a 
Beryl Faden, a gentleman introduced to us by uh, Srilly Meyer. That's Beryl Faden with Imadi here at JM and the AM. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Rather on the web at NachumSigl.com and the NachumSigl Network and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Wednesday here at JMN. Big thank you to Alex Katz. Great conversation about what's going on in the Holy Land. Make sure to check out the archive, NachumSigl.com and of course on the NSN app. If you don't receive our daily thread or our weekly newsletter, write to Avrami He'll take good care of you. AF at NahumSiegel.com. Again, AF at NahumSiegel.com. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.